In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Nope, that's tomorrow night. Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me all the way from across the pond is Cal Cooper's stud double, none other than Mr. Parascience himself. Stephen Parsons. Good evening, Ron. How are you? You know, I, I started doing that intro, and I, I realized <laughs> that I, I talk too fast to be an Englishman because I have to slow down and take my words yeah, one at a time very slow. Very dull and over, talk yeah. very slowly. I, I realize that now. I, I, it just <laughs> dawned on me after all these years of doing this international show. I had an epiphany, as we like to say. Yeah, we see, that's why you can get through a one-hour show. It takes us two hours to do the same amount. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I, I have some real good news for our uh, American uh, people over here, and, and that's because you've agreed to do my study group next week. That's perfectly true. Uh, midnight, UK time, next week. <laughs> what a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Really? Yep. So, that, yeah, midnight, that uh, will be 7 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time here in the U.S. That's at the Circles of Wisdom in uh, Andover. It's a monthly uh, group that we get together, and we, we talk about all things paranormal and do all kinds of neat things. A couple uh, months ago, we did a uh, remote uh, investigation from Gettysburg with Mark Nesbitt, uh, who's coming up here in uh, in June, so that's kind of cool too. But yeah, it's always neat. It's always it's fun. You know, I'm always looking for, you know, something new, something exciting. So I got you, Steve. How about that? I'm very pleased to be asked. Very honoured. Um, <laughs> I think is it EMF meters and full spectrum video are on the agenda. Right. You won't be popular after it's over. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm used to that. Believe me, I'm used to that. I, I get. I've been this week. I've been uh, harassed by skeptics and harangued by by the mediums. So uh, stuck in the really, room. that's pretty normal. You see, I always I, class myself as as a rationalist and objectivist, someone who's led by the evidence. And to be honest, I think both sides can be a little dogmatic at times. They can they like to fight the corners, but they uh, they do like to fight hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 
I think of you as like the bad boys, bad boy of uh, parapsychologists. Although I, I, I'm not quite sure. You're not a parapsychologist, or are Hi, you a parapsychologist? Oh, I heard something. There was a voice from beyond. Actually. Oh my God! What was Hi, that? Hi, Barry. <laughs> so uh, joining us now is the other uh, member of our menage trois. It is Mr. Uh, Barry John. Barry. Hello. Okay. Well, I can hear you, Barry. Can Barry, can you hear me? All right, talk, Steve. Hello. <laughs> See if Barry can hear me, Steve. I can hear you perfectly. Just this Barry keeps popping in with hello every once in a while. Hello. Maybe we should, <laughs> maybe, maybe we should form, uh, we should join hands and try that way. <laughs> Wait a minute, he heard you. I'm here, I'm here. How is everybody? Good evening. Oh, you can hear us. I can now, yeah. I've got internet problems for some reason, Ron, and I don't know why. Oh. We, uh, we keep losing connection. Uh, okay, I, I do know why. Wait a minute, I do know why. It's the UK. I've never <laughs> seen a country with more internet problems than the UK. Ever hey, since I've been doing an international on. show, it's always been internet problems. No, that's not fair. It's because Cal uses his iPhone and Richard Felix hasn't mastered the 20th century. <laughs> no, he's still using carrier pigeons, but I actually put a call into Richard today, but he was out because I, I knew I had you two blokes on the show and I just wanted to uh, mention that to him. <laughs> because I, I know you, you both are, and I hate to say this, because you, you guys must be getting kind of bored with this now that the, the most haunted alumni association thing or, or are you well i prefer what? to call it the well i think ron's calling it the alumni i think we should call ourselves the survivors club yeah i tend to do that to be honest steve you know i mean i just look at it that i do my own thing i get on with it with it and you know what i don't care what anybody else does <laughs> yeah 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 but, I mean, in all honesty, and the only reason I always bring it up is because I, I, I totally loved that show. I really did. It was one of the the first uh, ghost shows out there that was really, you know, different. And, uh, you know, what other people might think of it, I don't really give a rat's ass, to be honest with you. Uh, I enjoyed it. I liked the elements in it. And, and you guys each contributed that little special piece to it, so I, I liked it. And, and you guys, I, I think that show did a lot for uh, the paranormal in general. So uh, I'm, that's why I always bring it up, and I do apologize if I do offend you on it. No, 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 not at all, and I do agree with you. I think what it did wrong was it, it put paranormal back into the public eye, like you say, and it got us a following, you know, and that's what needed to happen. Um, you know, and I think it's got such an interest in the market that it'll continue. Mm -hmm. I, I do, and I, I mean, are you guys like, proud to say that you were on the show is i you know i don't know what it's like in the uk versus you know the u.s you know because we we got it on the travel channel and that was it so is it i mean is it still are you still proud of being alumni of uh, most haunted <clears throat> i am yeah i mean at the end of the day you know it was it was good because I, as i say for me it got the word out for what mm -hmm. i believe in you know and I think it's so difficult, isn't it? When you become involved in a TV show and people say, oh, you know, did you fake it? Did you do this? Did you do that? Um, and I think, you know, I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say, you know what, I didn't know where I was going. They didn't tell me the locations. I didn't pre-investigate it or look at history. 
Um, and that's one thing that I'm very proud to say about it. You know, it, it really was very secretive for me. What about you, uh, Mr. Who doesn't believe in anything, uh, Parsons? <laughs> You've really got a downer on me tonight. Um, <laughs> no, for my part, I, I certainly enjoyed uh, my time on the show. I was only ever really Kieran's stunt double. Um, dra <laughs> dragged in front of the camera for five episodes and one live, if I remember rightly. And it was a great time. Um, yeah. And, and as Barry says, um, you know... They, they set out to make um, uh, both an entertaining and an informative program, and I think they absolutely yeah. succeeded. And it certainly did raise the profile of the paranormal here in the UK and further afield. Before that, I mean, we'd only really had um, Arthur C. Clarke's programs and a handful of other documentaries. Mm. Um, and so interest was really sort of bumping along the bottom of the, of the stream. Mm. And I think... I think I think to add something on that, Steve, you know, it's a good point what you've said is that, you know, the one thing I always point out to people, no matter what you do, whether it's TV, whether it's a paranormal event, it's still entertainment at the end of the day. And people want you to give something. They want you to perform. They want you to have a sense of humor. They want you to collaborate with the guests and talk to them. Um, you know, and I think that can be very difficult for some people if you can't do it. There you go. Right. Barry's just pointed out where I went wrong. Because <laughs> you don't get along with anyone, Steve. I mean, you're you're just a bad boy. That's all there is to it. Do you know that is so untrue? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe with He's a pint in your hand or something. I don't know. I, I think I think what it is. Um, I have a reputation for being um, a little forthright and open with my expression of uh, belief. But I've always tried to be polite, and I've always tried to uh, reflect and respect other people's views and opinions. Um, but as I, said, as I said before we came on air, um, I do occasionally bump into both camps, um, sceptical and believer camp, because... You know, they can be quite dogmatic at times, and they mm -hmm. quite they, they do fiercely fight their corner. And if, and if you poke them a little bit, um, they often respond by biting you. <laughs> and, and Barry, you're running the same problem, of course. You, you, I mean, you, you run into different... First of all, you run on the ones that, that believe mediums and psychics are all, you know, charlatans. And then you run, even in your own profession, where you have where people don't trust each other. I mean, you run into the same problem, don't you, in a way? Oh, God, yeah. And, and, you know, it can be a nightmare. And, you know, I've, I've worked with Kieran. I've worked with, um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the parapsychologists. And I've got no problem with that. You know, the one thing at the end of the day is I believe that there's something there. And, and you know, I will argue with people. I'll have the discussion. I'm very open to debate. And I think the difficult part is when you get with a medium who says, that's it, there is nothing else, this is it, you know, it's, there, is, there is life after death. Whereas for me... When I do an event, you know, I'll always say, well, you know, I am sceptical, you know, as well as I'm a believer, I'm a sceptic because I want to prove it. I want you to prove it to me. I want people to talk to me about experiences. And, you know, I do disprove a lot of them. You know, it's one of the things we, we do get involved with a lot now is, is people sending us photos. And I've oh, got to God. say, the amount of photos, what I oh, see, God. and I say, yeah, and you know what it's like? People will say, oh, I took this photo in the mornings. Look at all this mist. Um, no, not really. It's not really mist, you know, and. And people hate it when you put them down, you know, but I've got to do that because it's what I believe in. You know, I don't want, I, I don't walk into a building and we've had this conversation before on it. I never walk into a building and say, oh my God, everything's spiritual, paranormal. It's all spooks. 
sometimes I walk in a building and say, absolutely, this place is dead. It's flat. There is nothing here. You know, and people get so tied up with it. They do. And, you know, when I first started going into the paranormal, and once again, I know it's nothing I really wanted to do. It's just something that got led into. And somebody gave me a photograph just like you. This is way back, you know, we're going to talk about 10, 12 years ago, maybe before that. And I looked at it and I said, well, this is... To me, it appears to be, you know, like, uh, I forget what the photo was even actually now, but it was like, so say, like, is the, oh, it's like the camera strap or something. Oh, I absolutely crushed that person. And I, I talked to my uh, friend, uh, Jeff Belanger, who kind of was my mentor back then, and, and he says, you know, he says, you know what, to them, that photograph meant something. And ever since then, I kind of like, when someone shows me a photograph, I will not say, okay, you know, this is not this, or this is not that. I, I wasn't there at the time of the photograph. I really don't know what happened. And it's true, very true, that this could be a camera slab. This could be just dust particles. But I'm not there. I'm not a witness, so I really can't. All I'm doing is looking at a piece of paper. And, and the other thing is we don't know what the spirit world can really do. We have absolutely no clue what powers they have in our reality. Who says they can't reproduce something that's uh, naturally occurring as a sign to someone? So, uh, you know, that's why from now on, I, everything I, someone shows me a photograph, that's cool. I mean, wow, that looks neat or something like that. But I will not, you know, I will not crush someone. I will not say the other way, too, that it's definitely a ghost or not, uh, just because of those reasons. Yeah, and I agree with that. You know, last thing I ever want to do is put somebody's um, views or beliefs down. But I mm -hmm. want to be honest with them. And like you say, you know, if somebody sends you one picture... You can't right. comment on one picture. I mean, I've, I've recently had some just sent to me from um, somebody visited the Egyptian museum, you know. Was it Cal? Pictures don't... No, 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 it wasn't Cal. It wasn't Cal. <laughs> and, and, and the pictures they've sent me are brilliant. But, you yeah. know, when I look at them, I do want to say, actually, that's a reflection. Actually, that's somebody's face, the other side that was reflecting back on that side. Mm -hmm. And you can see it, you know. And I don't want to destroy it because she believes that she's honestly caught something. But mm -hmm. she has sent me, like, consecutive photos. But when I look at them, I've got to say, actually, no, all that is is it's reflection on glass. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I'm sorry I'm dominating the conversation here, Mr. Parsons. I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, but okay. in my newsletter back in November, November, of course, was uh, Veterans Day and all that. So we had a veteran theme. Well, someone had sent me a picture from the uh, Vietnam Wall, which is a highly polished, uh, you know, marble surface and has all the names of the, the people that died during the war. And they took a picture. And in the picture, you see a soldier saluting. Okay, now they told me there was absolutely nobody there but themselves. So, I mean, how can you even comment on that? I mean, if you take the witness saying there was no one there, then by God, you've got something that's uh, not normal. You know, it's, it's paranormal, perhaps. Uh, but if you don't believe the witness and you think yourself, okay, someone was standing there, then, you know, I don't know. It just it just drives me nuts when I. That's why I hate commenting on pictures, but they are interesting, anyways. The the problem is you've got to be there, haven't you, to see it? It really do. That's the key, the I think. Well, the yeah. other problem, of course, is that people don't simply look at what they're photographing at. No, I mean, this is true. You, you know, I mean, <laughs> work in any photo processing lab or just go on the internet, you'll see the amount of people. Uh, 
pictures of great aunt Bessie and mum and dad with flowers and lampposts and things growing out of their heads and mm-hmm. pe- people concentrate very much on what what it is that they're photographing the main subject and don't look in the whole frame and yeah. they're not looking for somebody behind them they're not looking for you know other other things in the frame they're mm-hmm. concentrating on exactly the subject that they're photographing and so at the mm-hmm. time it doesn't register in the memory so afterwards they they are absolutely certain that that object person wasn't there yeah i agree with that Steve. yeah years ago i remember uh someone uh, we did an event at uh, the tenny gatehouse in fact and i think it was joe bella that took some pictures he says look at you can see this angel around maureen who was the the psychic medium i work with and ron you've got this black swirl around you so I looked at the pictures. They were, they were pretty cool. So uh, I says, "Can I have the negatives?" Because you know it wasn't digital back then. It was uh, regular thirty-five millimeters. So I got the negatives, and I had them reproduced. And lo and behold, there was no angel. Lo and behold, there was no black mist. It was just crappy development. Mm. So there you go. Anyways, I, I don't know how we get onto photographs, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I'm, I'm steering well clear of photographs because, as you know, I have um, a thing about orbs, and we did the 3D camera uh, experiment, mm-hmm. and I'm constantly, constantly struggling to get people to look at their own photographs. Um, and we come on to what 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 Barry and uh, and and you indeed said earlier on that when people thrust a camera or thrust a camera phone increasingly these days into your face and say look i've got an orb what they really want you to say is yes you've got something paranormal and they can run off to the friends and say steve or barry or ron said i've got yeah. a photograph of so if you tell them now it's just dust you then start an argument um, i know so it's far 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 easier these days for me uh, when on an event or and having a, a camera thrust into my face to simply say, that's an orb, and they always go yeah. away happy. <laughs> <laughs> Barry, Barry, let me yeah, ask you this. I mean, you're a, you're a medium, so, I mean, you feel the presence of spirit and everything else. Have there been times, for instance, when you have felt the, the presence of a spirit and someone's taken a picture and you've gotten an orb at that same time? <clears throat> oh, God, yeah, and... <clears throat> Excuse me. That's one of the things I will encourage with people. You know, if I think something's there, I will say to them, right, take a picture. And you know, great. If that flags something up. Very similar, Ron, to when you're using um, any sort of equipment to prove paranormal. You know, um, whatever it is. You know, the, the barrier alarms, etc. And do you know what? If you can say, actually, I think something's there. It's going to set it off. It's going to go off in a minute, and it goes off. Brilliant. That's what you want. Um, and if people do catch something. But I'm one of these believers, exactly like Steve says and we're talking about, if somebody's going to take a photo, look at what's around first of all. Do you know what? If you take a photo in the dark, you don't know what's behind the person. Oh, yeah. You don't know what it's going to reflect off. Um, you know, and great. You know, if somebody can get something and prove it to me, wonderful, prove it. But I won't just accept anybody giving me photos willy-nilly because the amount that I've seen where people are blown cigarette smoke in front of them, you know, even in front of windows and it's reflected off of them, you know, you've got, you know, places like Winchester Mansion is full of bats and people that take photos on the top floor and say, oh, look at that black dot. Yeah, it's a bat. You know, so I'm very, I'm very straightforward with it. But, you know, yeah, if somebody catches something, I'll gladly look at it. Mm-hmm. And so, so, uh, Steve, in a case like that, I mean, 
is it just dust? Is that, is that what we're saying? Even when we have that type of interaction between like a medium and saying, okay, there is a spirit here, and we we take a picture and, and an orb shows up. Well, I mean that that that's certainly been the case uh, on on many of the investigations I've been on, and and on one occasion uh, we were using the three D camera at Wicklow Jail in in Ireland, um, and the medium actually saw the orb on the camera screen. Um, and he actually said, oh, yeah, that's definitely... Well, he did it in an Irish accent, of course. But there was definitely the spirit of the little girl. He gave a name. He said, and he was absolutely certain that we captured her image in the form of an orb on the camera. Needless to say, when we processed the double stereo image, it was single-sided. Mm. Um, but, but the medium is sensing something um, that is subjective, what the camera is measuring is something that is objective. And if yeah. the medium is sensing something and says, oh, take a picture in the hope that the camera will record something, the presence of dust within the room is almost, you know, virtually guaranteed right. to produce mm. orbs. So, yeah. to, so to link uh, the subjective experience of the psychic medium with the objective information supplied by a camera it's very, well, very you know what? I got to disagree because the camera is not actually objective. It's only can do what it's programmed to do or what it's uh, what it's developed to do. Uh, you know, it, it, it. How can I say this? It, it, it can give you basically. If it doesn't show up, does not mean that it's there's no spirit there. It only means that it can't capture the image of a spirit. No, but it's, it's still objectively capturing um, the light photons at the frequencies at which its sensor is able exactly. to operate. Um, we're not, I'm not saying that you know, there is nothing there. I'm simply saying that the camera is, is objectively recording without any you know, sort of uh, wishful thinking or, or influence um, what it can see, what it's capable of seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, the, fact that, the fact that it is recording something that is real, i.e., a dust particle or something else passing the lens at the moment that the medium says to take a picture, given that the, given the nature of, of so many locations, um, yeah. it's hardly surprising that the camera therefore picks up a dust particle and people mm. will then interpret what just happened as a demonstration of the camera picking up on, on a spiritual entity or an orb. Um, and I don't think that you can necessarily relate the two. Interestingly, uh, and here's the holy grail for, for investigators like me, is this subjective human experience correlation with an objective equipment measuring. And that has indeed happened. It happened to Kieran and I using a thermal imaging camera where people within a seance group were reporting that they had felt uh, that the room around them had, be, had grown dramatically colder. Um, and that indeed was what we could see on the thermal imaging camera. But they then reported that the room space around them had got warmer, and again, we could see that on the thermal imaging camera. They didn't know what we could see. We could obviously hear what they were reporting. But there you have uh, an excellent piece uh, of evidence, if you like, where there is some link between the subjective human experience, i.e. the sitters, and the objective information supplied by a thermal camera. Yeah. But that's what it goes back to, though, isn't it, Steve? At the end of the day, it's got to be provable. And if somebody's just going to show me photos of orbs, do you know what? I can create them myself. 
Right. You know, and I want to see something more than that. And for me, you know, it's, it is about the seances. It's about physical mediumship. And I think there's so much more than, you know, people just shooting a camera willy-nilly in a, in a building and saying, oh, look, I've caught an orb or I've caught something here, a black dot, whatever it is. Um, you know, and I... I I, I, Steve's probably a bit more lenient than I am because a lot of the time I say, well, actually, no, it's not what you think it is because I'd sooner do that than somebody go away and think, God, I've caught something here. And it's like, well, actually, you haven't. You know, and I was, I'm very straightforward with it. But I think for me, if they're going to catch something, do you know what? It's got to be provable. I want to see a face. I want to see a hand. I want to see part of a body, whatever it is. And you know what? It's, it's, it's not very often you're ever going to get that. It's interesting yeah. that you mention um, materialist, uh, materialization mediumship, uh, yeah. Barry, because those uh, seances conducted up to, say, World War Two, there were uh, actually some intriguing photographs produced, yeah. particularly, for example, like Jack Webber, yeah. um, with his um, pictures um, of ectoplasm. Yeah. Oh, God. And, and we just... <laughs> Oh, God. And we just don't see those sort of photographs anymore. Um, now, that could be because we're, we're hardly using analogue film technology any longer. We've all, you know, sort of dropped our film cameras at the bottom of the, the cupboard or the second-hand shop and all moved digital. And maybe, di well, digital definitely does see light in a different way than, than film does. Or it could be that the, the, the technology has allowed us to perhaps, uh, I was going to say, expose uh, some practices that were, that were, you know, sort of more fraudulent. I think, I, think, I think for me, Steve, what it is a lot of the time is that people don't spend enough time doing it nowadays. You know what it's like on an event. No, You're walking a room and within five minutes they want the table flying across the room, yeah. they want to see a book <laughs> fly off the shelf. And you know what, I, I stand there and I think it's just never going to happen, guys. Well, why won't it happen? Because, number one, you, you've, you know, it's giving it the time to it. And remembering that when we talk of old-fashioned old seances, you know, people used to sit for three and four hours at a time, not move. And people don't do that anymore. No, you've you hit know, the nail absolutely on the head. Yeah. People, you know, it, it, and that is the downside of television ghost hunting. It's, uh, you know, it's the McDonald's sort of wanted yeah. instantly, wanted large culture. Um, yeah. You know, these, these early psychical researchers and mediums would spend as you, as you as you just said not just hours in the, within the seance room but months and months and months beforehand before yeah. anything happened at all you know yeah. i mean that's never going to work in you know in, in terms of a public ghost hunt um because people will just go away disappointed and people will not sit for more than 40 45 minutes it's interesting to, because cigarette enough break the last event we did, I brought in a, a, a young lady. She does every Sunday, I believe, they, they get together a bunch of girls, and they do uh, table tipping. And, you know, it's their thing, and they've done it. And they, actually, they were the first ones that really exposed me to it. And so I took them, you know, they came to the ghost hunt, and we tried a, a table tipping thing. And, you know, after a, a short period of time, people started getting itchy on it you know they wanted something to happen right then and, and sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a little longer to build the energy and so forth but anyway so it, you're right people want instant gratification i think that's yeah. Yeah. the unfortunate thing of the tv thing i think that people think that you know you're going to go out and 15 minutes later you're seeing ghosts and stuff flying across and everything else 
so I don't know. But anyways, we're coming up to break time. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Mr. Parascience himself, uh, Steve Parsons, and Barry John, uh, medium, psychic medium. What do you call yourself there, John? Barry? Oh, a, bit of every, a bit of everything, Ronnie. A little bit of this, a little bit of that? <laughs> just, call, just call me an extra large. It works a lot better, to be honest. <laughs> Okay, in New England's own Van Helsing, right here on uh, TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We're right back after the following messages. Welcome to TojiNet, radio with a cutting edge. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, the next generation Every Wednesday night At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time On www.toginet.com So, so we are, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening Like uh, Beyond Bizarre And Cemetery Tripping Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and uh, New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest, psychic medium, Barry John. Love that name, by the way. I say that every time. I can't help it. I like, I like the way you said it, actually. You actually give it a really deep sort of meaning when you say that. Well, it always reminds <laughs> me of, uh, yeah, well, we won't go through that again anyway. So, uh, Barry, what's your, your website before we forget? And I always do. My my, you're right. My website is uh, is www.barryjohn.com. That's a real tough one. It's dead easy. It's dead easy to remember. No matter which way you spell Barry, you'll find it. Cause it'll, they'll all direct you to it. Uh, and and so so Barry, how long have you been a medium, and and how did you? I mean. Well, I, I hate to go back to Mohan, but how did they find you to go on the show? And then what have you been doing since then? And, you know, give me the whole spiel. Well, I, I do a bit of everything, don't I, Ron? You know, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm one of these very open-minded people. But um, I've been aware of presence of, of spirit ever since being a child. I was brought up with it. Um, as we were talking earlier, you know, my family were very physical mediums. Um, you know, and I remember 
um, parents, grandparents talking to me about table levitation, ectoplasm. And, it, and for me, it was just something that I was brought up with. It was such a major fascination for me. Um, and then I remember just obviously feeling presences, feeling hands on my shoulders, grandparents coming to talk to me in the night and all these sort of things that were really, I suppose, quite spooky for a young child. Um, but it's obviously took me on many paths. I mean, I, you know, I openly say to people, you know, I've used Ouija boards from being 12 years of age. I've done tarot card readings from probably a similar sort of age. Um, and again, you know, I'm one of these that like to experiment. I like to play around with things, see what we can do, see what can be proven. Um, and then it, it took me through quite a barrage of things, really. I mean, into my late sort of teens when I got heavily involved with the SNU, the Spiritualist National Union. Um, and it, for, for me, it was, I never look at it as a religion. I look at it as a way of life for me. You know, I don't believe it should be a religion because it was never badged as that originally. Um, and then it was, I'm, I'm jumping around quite a bit here, actually. And I'm jumping a lot of years. Remembering I'm only 21 here, Ron. So <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> just be careful who answers that one. Um, but, you know, it took me on many, many, many paths. It really did. I mean, I started getting involved heavily in education. I started getting involved in teaching people through the Spiritualist National Union and through the uh, education board. Um, and for me, it was just really trying to educate people in that there was something else here. And it was more, as I say, about a way of life, not just about, well, you know, if you meditate, this happens, and asking your mother to come to you, this happens. And, you know, I always look at what information people say and what they provide. Um, and, you know, I've, as I say, I've been doing readings for what, probably since 12, 13 years of age. Um, ghost hunts, I've probably been doing since, you know, the mid sort of 90s period. Um, and it's funny because the other day the, the management team were working it out and we think we probably must be somewhere up to way over a thousand ghost hunts now that we've done over the years. And wow. it doesn't sound a lot, but, you know, when you That's work that back, yeah, it is. yeah, you know, when you work that back over what, probably 15, probably more than that now, probably 16, 17 years, <clears throat> you know, it just shows you how heavy we've been into it for a long time. Um, and it most haunted approached us many years ago. You know, they, they approached me um, and I did a bit of a, a backstage thing with them in terms of, um, you know, finding about some locations and stuff years ago. And then they kept in touch. Um, and then they just asked us to do the show once, you know, and that was back in about 2006, I think it was, 2007. Um, you know, and we got on very well. But, you know, my views of what, they wanted as a show to what I wanted to provide was very different. You know, I believe in entertainment. I believe in providing a service, you know, right. but I don't believe in all this possessions, poltergeist activity. It's not what I believe in, you know, so right. that, that's where my roots probably changed a little bit, but you know, ghost hunts have probably the, been the big sort of thing for us. And especially over the last couple of years, really getting involved in, you know, a couple of British TV channels like ITV, um, Channel 5, um, and really going on and talking to people about their views and opinions, really, in it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think one of the things I, I'm, I, I tend to upset people about is my views in terms of beliefs and people's religions, which, at the end of the day, I accept every religion. I think when you look into every religion, everybody prays to a greater source of some kind. Um, and it's when you start looking into the background about, you know, reincarnation, life after death, most religions believe in something and, and provide something. Um, 
you know, so I have to be careful with that because obviously I'm not religious at all. Um, and that's quite strange because, you know, my mother's side were, were very strict, devout Catholics, which is where the mediumship comes from. Don't ask me how the two makes. Um, <laughs> and my dad's side were Church of England. But, you know, for me, you know, religion didn't hold anything. You know, it, it was something I tried to do and it just didn't hold anything. You know, it was almost like, well, you're praying to a, a greater source. But then on the other hand, you're telling me I can't believe in another side or another world. And it was very confusing for me originally. I've got to be honest with you. Um, but as I say, you know, I've dabbled with all sorts of things. And, you know, for, for me, it's the, it's the media. We've done a, a DVD on Sunday for um, um, a university locally to us um, to try and help them in terms of entertainment. So it's took me on many paths and it's not all paranormal with me. A lot of it is doing presenting for people. A lot of it's um, you know, just just being a normal character, really, you know, and putting the paranormal in the background. Um, you know, and, and I think also for me, because I've done it for so long, you know, some of the some of the paranormal shows nowadays can be very repetitive because it's oh, yeah. always like, oh, well, here's a photo. What's your view? And, you know, what's your thought on orbs? And you know what? Sometimes I haven't got a problem talking about it, but sometimes I feel like thinking, well, actually, I've repeated this story probably 20,000 times in my life. You know, and right. and people do. It's almost as though people are trying to catch you out, if that makes sense. You know, I think that night cameras, uh, night vision cameras, are probably the worst thing that was ever invented. I am so sick of them right now. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it was a good good thing with uh, when it first you know showed up in uh, Most Haunted, but it, there are so many shows that's all it is is just night vision cameras, and it's you know it's like oh. Not again. But, but do anyway. you know what, what, it, what, it, what it is good for, Ron, is the amount of events that I've done where it does catch people out throwing something, throwing a stone. This is know, true. And, yep. and it does, you know, and people don't realize it a lot of the time until they watch it back and you say, well, actually, no, you threw that because we could see that very clearly. Mm -hmm. And it almost, it almost makes a bit of a mockery of some of the events. You know, it's, you know my, my view is with people, you know, at the end of the day, you've paid to come on this event. You'll get out of it exactly what you want to put into it. If you don't want to join in, then don't join in, but don't come complaining. You know, it's funny because when I first started watching Most Haunted, we never heard of uh, stone throwing in the States. This is like mm -hmm. uh, a UK thing. It was like, whoa, stone throwing, what the hell is that? You know, and and it was it seemed prevalent there, yet we never heard about it too much in the United States, and of course, it does happen, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if because of what was in the UK or, or what, but uh, was that a common thing or through the years? No, it's a bit surprising that you haven't heard of it, uh, Stone Throne, because it's a feature of so many key uh, paranormal, uh, in fact, early paranormal places, um, Hydesville. There was stone throwing at Hydesville, yeah. uh, Epworth. I mean, so many of there are so many uh, recording recorded uh, cases where the the initial stages of the haunt began with uh, instances of stones being thrown onto the property, outside the property, uh, and inside the property. Um, it's actually fairly common and hardly surprising that it was one of the things that, that appeared on, on Most Haunted. Um, there, were, there were inevitably lots and lots of claims uh, and counterclaims being made as to its paranormality. 
Um, I, I can honestly say hand on heart that I never saw anybody throwing stones um, on Most Haunted. Um, but there were lots and lots of accusations. There's been numerous attempts on internet sites to pick through the footage and place yeah. the evidence on YouTube and say, here you go, X, Y, or Z has clearly thrown this. Um, yeah. And there are, you know, as many people saying, well, obviously they couldn't, they were in the wrong place, etc., etc. But it certainly is a feature of cases going right the way back to, I mean, goodness me, back in the Middle Ages, uh, you have numerous incidences. In those days, it they weren't necessarily linked to, to ghosts, uh, but more to demons and devils. Uh, but if we would recognise them today as your classic poltergeist uh, manifestation. We really don't have that many in the United States. Uh, I, the, the most notorious one, I guess, would be the Bell Witch in Tennessee, which is a phenomenal haunting. But uh, other than that, uh, there's an occasional, but we, we never heard of them. At least I never did as, as much as we, you know, when I started watching Most Haunted, they, Stone's wrong. What's that? This is kind of cool. What is it? You know, and, and then I found out, you know, it was more common than I thought in the in UK. Since the programs aired in America, um, do you have, uh, have you noticed an increase in the number of stone throwing cases? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, over here, in, uh, I, I, like Barry, started hunting for ghosts um, when I should have been doing something much more interesting. But um, I never, ever encountered this, this phenomena um, yeah. on any of the cases I'd investigated until post most haunted and then it i wouldn't say it was it was uh, exactly common um, but it is uh, it, there was an increase there was a definite you know sort of maybe 30 40% of uh, locations visited people were claiming these experiences and it, and indeed with it, with some groups uh, the experience of stone throwing was nearly 100% yeah Really? So a lot of it, a lot of it is using um, different tools, isn't it, for experiments? And you know, you'd be amazed at some of the things what I get people, you know, using as tools. You know, whatever we can find around the building. A lot of the times, um, and I think just to pick up on what Steve was saying there, I think when you do find something that is possibly provable, we all go out of our way to say, well, actually, no, it's not because of X, Y, and Z. And I think. It goes back, doesn't it, in terms of my beliefs and my views that actually I want to prove that there's something there. But if there is something there, I want to prove it scientifically. I want something to, to be physically proven by it. I want to be able to catch it on film or camera all the time because you want that extra proof. And it's funny because I answered the question the other day for somebody on an interview. I was thinking about, you know, what, what would I want to say? And what I want to see nowadays is that we provide more scientific evidence that there is something there, not just somebody saying, actually, yes, I think I've got something here. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, I can't catch it on camera, but I've got this feeling. And it's got to be something that's provable. Otherwise, we're just never going to get to that point where the paranormal is proven. The problem is, Barry, with, with the uh, sort of ghost investigations that are conducted generally these days, that proof will never, ever be forthcoming. No. Because there can be no... Uh, controls applied to the location uh, to meet any form of, 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 of even rudimentary standards. Mm -hmm. I know parapsychologists will argue that, well, you know, it's not within the lab, it can't take place in the lab, you haven't got control of every situation properly, therefore there is, there is room for fraud and for hoaxing and for mistakes to be made. But that's, that's not the case. I mean, as a, as a 
as a spontaneous case investigator, a ghost hunter, I recognize that what we're trying to do is to impose some control over what, what's effectively chaos. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of a public access ghost investigation, <laughs> it, it's impossible to control. You've got maybe 10, 15, 30, 40 people wandering around a building, and they're there primarily to be entertained. And what, what they really want is to have an experience. And the only way that you can satisfy their needs is to state, as I always do at the start of the night, that we are here um, to give people a show and tell, a, a taste, if you like, of some of the techniques that are used in paranormal investigation. Uh, but I do stress that whilst we're in a haunted building and things may happen, that this is in no way related to a real investigation. Um, yeah. You know, the, the tour is different as chalk and cheese, and what Barry says is, is the holy grail, some form of objective proof of... Yeah. Of, of something, of some understanding of what's paranormal. So let's put aside issues of survival and just concentrate on, on, on you know, sort of the bigger question. There are, there are so many phenomena that are linked to uh, the paranormal in terms of apparitions, in terms of the stone throwing, in terms of anomalous photographs, you know, none of which necessarily can be linked to survival. Uh, survival studies. That, I mean, that's particularly a branch of, of mediumship and spiritualism rather than of apparitions and ghost hunting. And this, this separation of the two was made, per, was made you know, clear 70, 80 years ago by the early psychical researchers who said, you know, what we're dealing with is somebody's vision, somebody's uh, report of an apparition. That doesn't there can be a lot of mechanisms that are behind this, from hallucination to uh, telepathy, none of which necessarily relate to the survival of bodily death by the by the vision. Mm. You're right, and, and you know what, Steve? If me and you did an event, or you know, if we proper event, all of us, you know, paranormal people. We would sit there for hours and hours on end with specialist equipment, and we would. And that's the problem is that a lot of the time events for me, people just want to go along with the mates to have a bit of fun, to give somebody a, a bit of a push about, or you know, pretend that something's behind somebody. And, that, and people don't take it serious anymore. They absolutely don't. But I mean, you've got to if you are doing a public event, and I recently uh, did one uh, just before Easter, uh, locally out here in Western Wales. <laughs> Um, people are there to be entertained. People are, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, people came to see the medium and yeah. the events where the medium was uh, joined us or the, uh, the um, event, which was the evening of, uh, with the medium, um, were much more popular than the ghost hunts because what people really want is a message from the other side. Um, they want some proof of survival of death. They want yeah. to know that, that their mother, father, aunt, uncle has made it to the other side and is sending them love and light. Um, I mean, that's what people really want. Um, right. I'm afraid that, you know, ghost hunters like me can't deliver that. But what we can deliver them, hopefully, is explanations. Explanations, well, all too often, they don't want to hear. 
You know, it's interesting, uh, Steve, as you talk about that, is, uh, I don't know if you you know, but uh, we're doing a a three-day event here in the States uh, called Spirit Quest, and uh, Brian Shepard and Cal are coming over, and one of the parts of this three-day event is a psychic versus science ghost hunt, and we will divide the people up, actually, uh, the, the psychics will handle... Uh, the group, one group, and Cal and uh, the, the the other uh, Cal and myself and a couple of others will will do it uh, scientifically. And well, I use that term loosely, but we use the instruments and all that stuff. So uh, the one group will absolutely have nothing. I mean, they're actually going to be guided around by candlelight. No, you know, and it'll have you can use it pendulum if you want. You can use the old methods, but nothing new. And the other group, you can use. All the latest equipment, you know, thermal imaging, EMF meters, which I know you love, and uh, K2s and headlights and night vision and all that stuff. And But you can't use any of the old methods either. And it's going to be interesting because and then halfway through the night, we're going to swap the two groups. And at the end of the night, we're going to see what evidence or experiences was collected by which group and in which camp they were in. I think that's going to be a neat experiment. I'm really excited about it. I I look forward to hearing the results from that. But it's interesting that you you uh, refer to equipment. Um, Barry's also referred to uh, the use of equipment. Or, or, and I would actually caution uh, against an over reliance on equipment. Um, mm. And it, you know there are so many uh, clothes makers the man, but flight cases maketh the ghost hunter. Um, yeah. You know, so many groups have an equipment page, and it is you know a long list of the oh, yeah. bits and bobs that they got from Radio Shack and mm-hmm. from the internet, and you know their claims, you know, disparate claims about the evidence that they Full they spectrum, with it. and they they call it science. Now, to be honest, uh, I class myself as a an objective. Uh, investigate it using scientific methods and in actual fact I hardly use any equipment um, mm. the equipment is 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 available but it's kept very much behind the scenes until we actually have something to measure because as an investigator when I go to a location um, I'm there to first of all to test the claims that are being made by by witnesses to anomalous experiences um, and my first thing is to go and see if I can have, or my team can have, a similar experience. With that information, we then might have something to measure. We can put together these two sets of experiences and say, what are the possible causes? Well, uh, we know, for example, that there are some links to low-frequency sound, infrasound. And we know that, that some experiences are linked to electromagnetic exposure. And we know that you know, people report temperature changes. Once we have that information, then we can measure it. I remember quite um, a year or so ago being handed a CD um, by an excited paranormal group with hundreds and hundreds of digital photographs taken inside a uh-huh. haunted Welsh castle and asked if I would have a look at them. And I said, yeah, I don't mind having a scroll through them and seeing, seeing you know, what, I can, what, what, if anything, I can find. Incidentally, what are the phenomena that have been reported in that particular corridor? Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely brilliant. Loads of people have heard footsteps and voices. 
okay. nobody thought to take a voice recorder along or a sound recorder. <laughs> it was all yeah. done by camera. It's... So there you've got an over-reliance on technology. The other thing as well is people buy thermal images, people buy EMF meters, and sometimes hellishly expensive ones, they, they, they really don't know how to operate them. For example, if you buy a, uh, an FLIR FLIR thermal imaging camera, the company suggests and recommend, and I recommend having done it, that you go on their course and learn how to how to use this advanced piece of equipment because the results it shows you are not like normal photographs. We see the pictures from a thermal imager and we recognize them as pictures and we interpret them as things that we're used to seeing. But this camera is seeing things in a completely different way and it will produce to us anomalies that are to a trained observer perfectly normal and that, that's actually happened on on one of your american shows um taps where they presented some astounding evidence their best evidence ever with a thermal imaging camera i've done i've done the course as soon as as they were presenting it i could see immediately uh, as indeed any engineer who who uses a thermal imaging camera could see immediately what the, the actual cause was. So without proper training, just giving somebody a piece of equipment is rather like giving a monkey a hand grenade. <laughs> it, do you know what, sometimes, Steve, I find equipment very um, disruptive on events. Especially, you know, you know people, like you're saying, don't know how to use it. I mean, the amount of people you can make to and they'll have an iPhone in the pocket turned on. Right. Well, and, I... You know, I <laughs> I made a video, I think, stuck on Facebook uh, earlier this week or a day or two ago uh, with one of our field tests of, of a K2, which might be worth a watch. Um, it ended somewhat dramatically and an expanded look at the investigator. I think, uh, well, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. But mm -hmm. It's on my Facebook page somewhere. Well, I'm going to have to find that because uh, we'll, we'll use that <laughs> for my study group. But, you know, I know time's running out in... Barry, I did want to ask you one question, and this is kind of a psychological question because I remember uh, seeing this cool show on uh, Discovery Channel or, or uh, National Geographic, one of them anyways. It was all about fear and the fear of darkness, how the, how the, how the mind fears the, the blackness. So you as a medium, I mean, when you go in, I mean, you're still a medium. You, you, you are familiar with spirits and everything else, but the rest of your body, is it? Is it affected by the environment? In other words, do you still, I'm not going to say scared of the dark, but you st do you have that little bit of apprehension when you go into a total dark location, a, a scary dark location, a, you, know, uh, you know, the places you go ghost hunting? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you know, the one thing I would say to people is, you know, I have a, I have a fear of the dark. I always have had, you know, and don't ask me why. I don't know what it is. But I have a fear of the dark, you know, and I have two rules in ghost hunting and people that know me or have heard this millions of times. One is if a door's closed, it's closed for a reason. And if it is, you push a woman through first. And it's never <laughs> let me out. It really hasn't. Um, but, yeah, you know, I do have that fear. And you know what? You're, you're fine with me. That, and, 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 again, I can't explain it, but I, I don't want to walk around a building on my own, for instance, because I get no enjoyment out of it. And I think the biggest creator of fear is ourselves. I think we can create things that aren't there. I think the mind is an amazing tool and, and you know, we've never experimented with the mind enough because it oh, can yeah. create things that aren't there. You know, it, it generates images. How many times do you stand in a dark room and you'll say to people, right, what do you see? And suddenly, as soon as one person says, oh, I see, you know, red dots or white lights, somebody else will see it. 
and you know, it, 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 it's amazing for me. And it, sometimes it drives me mad, you know, what people do see in the mind's eye or in their own vision. You know, it's nothing paranormal. It's what's actually been put there in terms of imagination. I think people forget that mediums are human too, and indeed, and some of our research, particularly relating to infrasound, has demonstrated that um, very, very well. We we uh, worked. Oops, pizza's um, here. Okay, but we worked with a medium, and his experiences of infrasound uh, at a location, which uh, he was interpreting with his psychic beliefs, demonstrated clearly, and and he was more than happy to accept. Um, the results that he was being influenced as we were because he was a human being not by you know his special senses right. well i don't know if you guys heard it but that was the doorbell and that means the pizza's here so we're just about <laughs> done so uh before we go i uh, cal couldn't make it. i guess he got locked in one of the tombs you know i, I have I, no clue I thought, I thought it was fetching the pizza the curse of king tot yeah, it must have been. So, anyways, Barry, before we go, is there anything you'd like to uh, mention or, or uh, um, what help, I guess? <laughs> what have I got coming up? I'm trying to think. Apart from, I mean, we, we've slowed things down this year because it was getting too busy for us last year. And to be honest, we did think of retiring from the market. But oh know, no, a bit. Well, people complain way too much, Ron. To be honest, so. Um, so I've decided not to. What I've said is that I'll slow things down because obviously I have another business that I run, a legal business, and it takes up a lot of my time. So um, I'm okay. going to slow things down. We've still got a lot of events. We've got an event coming up with Derek Cora, Richard Felix um, at the end of um, oh, great. a bank holiday. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're off to the Middle East uh, for two weeks uh, next week. So I'm doing some work out there for... Um, some small sort of groups and some private uh, functions. So, um, you know, we're still doing a lot of travelling. Um, and as always, I'll always support what I believe in, you know, so I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I just envy you. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to work with Derek Akura and Richard Felix. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got a lot of time for Richard, you know that. I mean, me and Richard get on so well because um, we, we just love... We love um, the views of each other, let me say that. I'm surprised when you and Richard get together, either you can get a word in. What <laughs> Thanks very much, Steve. Cheers, mate. Uh, <laughs> Quite the stuff I've ever been. Uh, the more important thing is, if you got together with Richard Felix, would anybody get a word in? Uh, Richard and I get on very well together. He talks yeah, well. I actually called him today, I, I, you know, I, I got to get in touch with him again because I have not spoken to him for a while. So anyways, well, thank you guys so much. So once again, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Parsons, uh, Mr. Parascience himself, and Barry John. And we thank you both for being on the show. And tune in next week when I have no clue what's going to happen. But you'll be here. Good night and God bless. From goalies to ghosties, long to be beasties, and 